Greetings, my excellent friends, and welcome back to the San Dimas School of Film podcast. Join us on our most excellent adventure through time as we discuss all genres of film. My name is Tim. With me in the booth today, as always, Brad, Al, Jules. How are we? Very good. Bon Jovi. Yeah. Great. Is that that it? (laughs) Yes. That's it. Well, Tim, now that you ask, I'm doing quite well. I've had a very good week and (laughs) go. Nah, good, good. Um, No one cares. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Today's a good day. I'm back in control. Remember last time that happened? Broken arrow. (laughs) Oh, Oh, you don't need a reminding because it was such a great day. Um, I'm taking us back to 1999, back into my what I would call wheelhouse. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) To watch the... Crime drama, a bit of fantasy thrown in there. The Green Mile, which I'm very excited about. Crime drama fantasy is, I think, exactly what IMDb what I'm said it was. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I looked Shut at it and, up, I, and I, went, I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, okay, I made all that up. I'm good with that, yeah. Um, uh, before we get started at the San Diego School of Film, we want to acknowledge and agree all to our first storytellers, the Rundry people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional custodians of the land that we are recording on. Let's hear that booth, Jules. Gentlemen, we're history. Nineteen ninety nine, the year of the Matrix. So, <laughs> oh yeah, um, that's all I can think of when I think of ninety nine. Hey, hey, sure. You are stealing Brad's uh, segment by telling us what happened in ninety nine. Oh well, hey, you know I've what? Just, I've, I've just peered over Brad's shoulder. His notes. It says Matrix, the Matrix. <laughs> end or fin. Depends oh, right on. there. <laughs> I was going to say that's on my list. Now, uh, look, I don't know if we've actually done ninety nine before. I'm not too sure. <laughs> But probably the best way to find out would be to do... <laughs> to look at our back catalogue. <laughs> History with Brad. History with Brad. History with Brad. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah, I think we have, just because there's a lot of stuff here that just rings a bell. I didn't go back and check. Copy that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, 1999, the Green, Ra- Green Mile rated MA, three hours and nine minutes. Yeah, three baby. hours, oh, Timmy. Man. Yeah, baby. I loaded yeah. this up the other night and I'm like, all right, here we go. Three hours. Because yeah. <laughs> I saw you, I saw Al yesterday and he's like, you know that's three hours. I'm like, is it? No. Yes. Yeah, yeah it, was. it was. Yeah, yeah. 180, 189 minutes to be exact. Uh, um, so this was actually released in 2000, February, but that's okay. Jules, aspect ratio. Oh, jeez. Uh, it's pretty easy. Well, hang on. Can uh, you confirm? 185 to 1. Are you doing 2000 history or 99? I'm doing 99 because okay. that's when it was made. Copy that. Yeah, so, but it was released in February. Um, also known as, in Latin America, as Milagros Inesperados. In Norway, as Den Grand Mil. And in France and in Canada, hey. as La Ligne Vert. That means a green mile. Oh, no. No, it means nice. a green line. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> The humanity! Uh, pardon. Merde. <laughs> 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 uh, je suis désolé. <laughs> je ne parle pas français. Pas le vlo anglais. Okay, what happened in 1999? The human population surpassed 6 billion. The euro was introduced in 11 countries. Uh, Bertrand Picard and Brian Jones, there's a really French name and a really English name, uh, <laughs> circumnavigated the globe in a hot air balloon without stopping. Wow. Fair effort. I remember that. Um, it was Bertrand Picard and uh, Brian Jones. That's wow. what I said. Anyway, um, Bluetooth became a thing. MySpace became a thing. Napster became a thing. SpongeBob <laughs> became a thing. 
Um, the Columbine massacre also happened. Yeah. Uh, Australia Columbine. elected to stay a monarchy. Um, Putin replaced Yeltsin as the president of Russia, and he's still there. Mm-hmm. Um, big films of 99 were Star Wars Episode One, The Sixth Sense, Toy Story 2, South Park the Movie, and The Matrix. It sounded like <laughs> when you said Star Wars Episode One, The Sixth Sense. <laughs> was that what it was called? That would, that would have been cool. <laughs> would have, probably would have been better. Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't have been any worse. Well, I guess technically they do see dead people. I see midichlorians. Yeah. Well, they do see dead people. Good point. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, Oscars uh, best actors were Gwyneth for Shakespeare in Love, uh, Roberto Benigni for Life Is Beautiful, and Shakespeare in Love won the film. I haven't seen that. No, is no, that no. good? No, Don't know. I think I have, but I can't remember. <laughs> okay, Jules isn't in order. Yeah, I can't remember. Oh no, no, no. Sorry, I haven't, I haven't seen it. Oh right, yeah. yeah. Ninety nine. Yeah, great. Wow. I think we have done 99 before that list. I was going to start yeah, yeah. commenting on a few things, and I'm like, hang on, I'm just repeating a previous episode. But Quips. I can't remember what episode it was. Sure. I don't know. Avid listeners will know. They will inform us. We don't have any of those. <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> we, we listen to our podcast. Stop it with that nonsense. <laughs> we don't have any avid participants, <laughs> let alone listeners. Yeah. <laughs> Valid. All right, guys. Wow. Three, three hours. Oh, three hours. Three hours. You know what? I had no idea, and I think that's because... Look, I'm going to say straight off the bat, I love this movie. Um... And it doesn't feel like three hours when I watch it. I don't know I how. I have to agree. I don't think it's it lags. A, it's a big film. You know what? Yeah. I think if it's going to lag anywhere, it would be the the last scenes. It's mm. similar. It's kind of similar to Return of the King. Like, just come on, like, yeah, I, get the yeah. hobbits away. We're done. So, so <laughs> I, I hadn't seen this. Okay. I don't really? know. Yeah, I don't know how I'd missed it, but I just never got there. Yeah, righto. Um, and yeah, there was there was a bit in the middle that lagged, where. My partner and I both checked how long we had left. Yeah, okay. Around what bit do you reckon? I'm just I'm thinking I might have done the same thing. I'm trying was after. It might have been after. Delacroix. Yeah. Well, Well, look, look, I mean. We'll get back to that. Yes. So I, the reason why I chose this is because I adored the book. So Stephen King. Is this this our first Stephen King? Yeah. I feel like his name's popped up before. But don't hold me to that. This is another one of those Stephen King short oh, stories. No, didn't that he write the Truman Show? No, <laughs> no this was this <laughs> was a that. serial. So Stephen uh, King actually okay. released uh, a number of sections of this book, which he was writing not knowing where it was going because apparently legend has it that he was sick of... Apparently people would just kind of flick to the end of his books to figure out what happened. So he mm-hmm. did this to prevent people from doing that. Okay. Really? Um, yeah, so he was. So there'd be cliffhangers kind of towards the end of each section. Because it seems like this and Shawshank were they're in that same vein, same genre, same. Well, it's the same. His same head space. Same, well, same director as yeah. Shawshank. It's Frank yeah, Darabont. And, and, same, and, same and I was just like, this is like. They're both Stephen King. They're both the same director, and, and they they feel almost like the same film. Like oh, this was like yeah. insanely. And short Stephen, for me. Stephen King has come out and said that, and I would like. I think this is for me of the limited reading that I've done. I I would say that this is. The best book to movie adaptation. Doesn't I've seen. Stephen King say that? And he said that as well. Yeah, yeah which right. is where I was going. Um, does he get to say that though? Yeah, because like, he's do had about a your own shitload work. of his works turned into yeah, movies, TV point. series, that sort of stuff. Yeah, b- point. pretty much everything. Mm. There's a, and yeah. it's one of those things because, like, for me, before I started realizing that Stephen King was a, a much broader writer. I pretty much only associated him with things like, you know, all his horror sort of stuff and his yeah. thriller stuff versus yeah. his criming sort of things. And it ends up that, like, the ones that have been adapted into the films, mm. the non-horror ones for me are far I better. I totally agree. Than like, Stand agree. By Me's his. Yeah, yeah, Stand By Me. Um, seriously? Yeah. 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 And yep. this, it's called The Body. Wow. 
this yeah. followed the book really closely too. Mm-hmm. Like I'd say, of the the books that I've read that have then been adapted to movies, probably this and say Shutter Island are the two that I would say the okay. movie Shutter Island was really good. Followed the that. book to a T almost. Mm-hmm. Like probably mm-hmm. Shutter Island the most because I almost felt that word for word. Whereas this am, one, they changed a couple of things. But so I, you'd I say that. Sorry, Brad. No, th- this is a pretty accurate depiction of the book. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Right. I was sitting there today when I was watching the end of it, um, and it's it, as I said, it just feels so much in that same vein, and obviously because of the same director and everything that you could have seen Tom Hanks playing Tim Robbins' part in Shawshank and vice versa. Yeah. So he Tim refused could, that role. It, it could have been yeah to like, shoot Gump. Yep. Yeah, ah. and he did this movie as a favor <laughs> apparently to the director. Yeah. Shawshank I mean, or Forrest Gump? I know, right? right? I know. <laughs> the choices of Tom Hanks, well, my God. I mean, Gump won Oscars <laughs> and, and Shawshank a was a flop at the yeah, time. Yeah, it's but Shawshank's like now regarded as, you know. Oh, it's every, but so is Gump though, man. I love Gump. It's I love every, Gump it's every, so good, Shawshank yeah. is every AFL player's favourite movie in an interview. <laughs> you look, they'll say, oh, you know. Isn't really it still number one on Shawshank Redemption? Isn't it still number one on IMDb? Probably. I think so. It's, it's a great film. Can't trust no, for, for a movie anymore, that I mean, did flop, yeah, it, yeah, like yeah, wow, um, yeah. yeah but but I, I just you could have replaced those two actors with each other, and it was really weird because uh, I was watching this today, and I, I just I'd never seen Saving Private Ryan before until like about a week ago, oh, wow. which is in one of those movies where I said, "How have I never seen this?" So I Get sat down and watched out. it, and the first twenty minutes of that was like, "Holy!" I fuck, saw man. that movie with There's, my mother. It's and almost the same cast. Oh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the Green Mile and yeah. and, and um, yeah. Saving Private Ryan. It's like the same cast. Yeah, because yeah. the sniper, the sniper guys, the sniper guys. Yeah, in yeah. The there's like I worked out there's four actors in Green Mile that's Barry in Pepper. Saving Private Ryan, and we've had David Morse before with The Rock. David he Morse with The Rock. Yeah, I love David Morse, and he's so good in this. He's great in this. Heaps, in like, there's so many people in this. I was just writing around like Hanks, Michael like Duncan, David Morse, James Cromwell's mm. in it. Uh, Remind me, Cromwell? He's he's Cromwell's the, he's like the warden. the warden. Yeah, the yeah. warden. He's in like iRobot. He's in a bunch of he's stuff. He's in Babe. Oh, no, he's of course. Uh, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm sitting there going, who's he's the warden? I'm like, oh, yeah, one of the main characters. This is uh, Graham yeah. Greene's second appearance. The Sammy Rockwell. Sammy Rockwell. Graham Greene oh. was the first bloke that that uh, got executed. Yep. Uh, he was in Die Hard 3. He was one of the other cops in Die Hard 3. Oh, yeah. Um, Harry Stanton's in this? Yeah, he is, yeah. I'm like, oh, man. Yeah, that's a big cast. Um, And all with some great actors. Yep. Mr. Noodle's in it. Mr. Noodle? (laughs) Bonnie Hunt. For all you Sesame Street listeners out there. Bonnie Hunt was... She's in... You know her from Jumanji. Jumanji, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. Man, also, I thought it was interesting. Like Gary Sinise is in this. He is yeah. So I was oh, like, yeah, yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, so there's yeah. there's a scene with Tom Hanks and Gary Sinise, Apollo thirteen yeah, okay. film we've also covered. Yep. Uh, and um, Forrest Gump. Oh yeah, Forrest Gump. <laughs> Good point. Good point. And uh, Bonnie Hunt and Tom Hanks, who are husband and wife in this, are also in uh, two of the Toy Stories together as well. Yeah. Right. Does she play Bo Peep? No, she plays. Uh, I've forgotten the. Doll's name, but it's like Bonnie's favorite toy in the third and fourth one. Man, we've almost discovered the Tom Hanks extended universe here. There is, like, <laughs> no, know, I reckon there is a Tom Hanks extended universe. He's so crazy great. web yeah. of, of. Yeah, North. he's so great. I'll tell you, the oh, biggest. Sorry. sorry. The biggest difference between this and Shawshank is this looks freaking hot. Oh. Like in Shawshank, yeah, there's yeah. scenes where it's like the weather's not bad, almost looks cold, but this they're always sweating. Just yeah. looks just and they're always hot. in their and big you know jackets what? and their ties and everything. They're oh. all, and everyone's sweating all the time. And I reckon the portrayal of Tom Hanks having his urinary tract infection is oh. just—I <laughs> feel every moment of that oh. that he does that. It's funny because when the film started, 
and he's he's old. Yeah. I'm like, well, this is very Saving Private Ryan, but here we go. Yeah. I'm like, I was guessing. I'm like, all right, I'm pretty sure this is going to be Tom Hanks. But yeah. And he starts, he sits down and starts talking to that other lady. He's like, oh, I had the worst urinary traction I ever had. And I'm like, I hope that comes up again. That's an interesting <laughs> thing to share with someone else. Isn't like, <laughs> like, you know, it's like Chekhov's urinary infection. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, oh, man. Yeah. And the, so, so starting with that, that opening scenes with how they're all sitting in front of Jerry Springer. Um, and I think it's Top Hat is that film mm-hmm. that they put on. Yep. And I know that they – that wasn't in the book. So they they actually put the years forward from I think 32 to 35 so they could put that movie in to yeah, the film. It's a pretty iconic – And I think they did that so beautifully. Yeah. Like I think – What know, was the reasoning for that? So, so they could use that film. Yeah, so they wanted to use that film as a trigger for Paul to remember John Coffey because that was the last film he watched before he was executed. So they want oh, that's right. Which is what which is what triggers Paul to tell his story to Elaine mm-hmm. at the start. Whereas in the book he's just writing memoirs and he uh, he okay. gets her to read the memoirs, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um but I thought that was it's, so. It's one of those things. Though, if even so, if you've read the book and you love the book and the movie, it's one of those things where you go, "Doesn't matter." Who gives a shit? Yeah, yeah, look, you important. know, to be honest, like that, I, you know, I said it. I think we've said it a few times now with like Lord of the Rings and stuff. You know, like the Peter shit, Jackson you, had you, stuff in. You've got to leave stuff out. Yeah, but but the thing it's is, it's already like, three hours. Yeah, but the thing is, them adding that in is a beautiful way to represent. It's a better cinematic way to do it. Yeah, mm. instead of him going, "Oh, here's my story in a book." Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like and her sitting in a room reading it with him, her, his voice in her head yeah, or whatever. Yeah, it's a better use of the medium. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That's, yeah, it's interesting. Yep. Uh, look, uh, just on a side note, while we're talking uh, book-to-film adaptation, uh, I know it's, it was a while ago now, but I have since started reading Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm about halfway through and yeah. I'm loving it. Okay. Yeah, right. And it's playing out exactly how I predicted it would of I'm watching – I'm you know, Jules, at the time you said, oh uh, – aren't you now just going to picture the people in the film, yeah. in the book? And I'm like, yeah, but I'm expecting to, to see a better version of the film as I'm reading in my head, and it's totally like that. I'm so like, you find it, so you've got these characters, but you kind of paint Yeah, them like I've got the light. actors. I've got the actors in my head, yeah. but I can extend that universe into the book that I'm reading. It's really good. I'm really enjoying it. It's Question like for insane. you. insane. I know you really like audiobooks. Is Stephen Fry reading it? I... Tim am oh, reading hello. this. <laughs> Legit. That's gold. Words and stuff. That's great. <laughs> yep. Nah, good. That's awesome. So, so but uh, and I'm not using audiobooks but, for, at all. But. To answer your question, yes. Yes. Stephen Fry is the voice I'm reading with. <laughs> like dead set. <laughs> uh, Sorry. Uh Green Mile. Green Mile. Um but yeah, like I I actually love this film and I actually don't think like we talk about the three hours and eight, nine minutes, whatever it is of runtime and I I just love it. I don't I don't ever sit there checking my watch or anything like that with this movie. Mm-hmm. I Yeah, there are some there are some parts where for, it slows down. For a film down a that does bit. go for three hours or three hours and nine minutes, whatever it was, mm. it's um it's a pretty easy watch. It is. It does flow quite nicely for a mm. film of that length. It's interesting, I you know, having not seen it. I'm very aware of this film culturally, mm. you know, like it's definitely in the the zeitgeist, if you will. Like it's, yep. you know, I've Absolutely. seen a lot of, you know, I've seen the Simpsons mm-hmm. references and all that sort of stuff. 
I was surprised at how little I, you know, like it actually related. You know, sometimes when you when you know references from something and yeah. and you watch the thing, you're like, well, this is exactly like you would have heard Mister Jingles before, and yeah, and I I got the concept that. John Coffey was massive and but super gentle. I was going to say they did really, really well at getting him to either they either built a set at minus twenty percent, yeah, or totally. got him to stand on boxes most of the time, yeah, and that's everyone what else I was to thinking. bend their knees. But still, they that they, they, the portrayal of him being an absolute yeah, like he's monster a, of a man. Because David Morse is a big dude, isn't he? Yeah, like, yeah. Well, they called him what was his name like Brutal or something? Yeah, Brutus, I think. Bru- was yeah. his name. Yeah. like he was the big guy. Yeah, and and like Michael Clark Duncan's a big guy. But he's not that big. Um, but yeah, yeah I, but I felt like this film surprised me. I'm like, this film was way, way more full on mm. than I was expecting it to be. Yeah, it's hard to make a film going to be light and fancy about a bunch of dudes that are on death row, though. Uh, yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> How about? Sorry, <laughs> my brain went to two terrible places. One was. <laughs> Uh, the Scolari brothers from Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> yeah. And even worse, my brain went to Ernest Goes to Jail. I dare you. When he gets given the chair <laughs> and then he comes out with these like insane electrical powers. I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I was, look, I was mad at myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think this goes to jail. Oh, oh man. All right. That's gold. How the thing is you hadn't seen this before. Yeah. And I hadn't seen it in a while and it and it I had to go, oh yeah, I forgot about this part and which is like one of the main parts of the whole film. But when you sort of saw that it was just rolling along as sort of like a crime drama and there was obviously going to be something about this guy that wasn't right, but then all of a sudden when you found out that he had this power so <laughs> the bit that got me, I'm like, I sort of knew there was a concept of him healing things, mm-hmm. and that's and I twigged before it happened. I'm like, okay, this is where the urinary tract infection comes back into play, and then he cures it. Yeah, uh, and I was going like, I'm like, all right, cool, I can I can handle this bit of like mythical aspect to it, but then. The stuff comes out of his mouth, yeah. and I'm like, "Hang on well, a minute!" And that, is I that, think my partner was like, "What the fuck yeah, is like, going on okay. here?" And I'm so like, "Hey, I told you." So <laughs> we're talking like it, it sort of made a leap from like I don't know, like which is divine intervention kind of thing. And which this is, we'll and this is where you sit there and you go, "It is a Stephen King." Yeah, wow. that's right. Yeah, and yeah, I'm like, yeah. "Oh, okay, we're talking proper magic here." Mm. Yeah, Just, yeah, magic. That's yeah. the word I was looking for. Timmy, Absolutely, it's magic. Yep. Question for you: Does it explain what it is that's coming out of his mouth in the book? I was kind of like, maybe they're flies or mosquitoes. Yeah, I maybe they're flies, but then they just sort of disappear, don't they? Yeah, they like, just vanish. It's like ash or something. Look, like. it's it. Look, it was a while ago that I read it, um, but I think it was more just a descriptive of what's happening. Like I don't a, think like they actually say, oh, hey, this out of his is... Mouth and yeah, like, yeah, like, I, no, it, I don't... From memory, and someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but from memory, no, they didn't say, oh, this is... He's doing this because of this. Yeah, right. Because they were telling it from... They're telling it from Paul's perspective, so Paul doesn't know what it is. Valid point. Do you know what I mean? So he's... So they're... Because they're explaining it from his perspective, <laughs> they just kind of describe it pretty much... That's actually a really good point that you... It's the whole movie is a description from his perspective because I was like... the. I very much enjoyed this movie. I'm like very much on board with it. Um, and the the kind of like the way Death Row, even for the time, was kind of depicted, I was a bit like, yeah, it's like if you're going to be in jail, you almost wanted to be on Death Row because it kind of seemed 
pretty good for, you know, prison, especially of the era. Like, it's actually like, man, the guards treat you really nicely. You seem to be well fed. Yeah, there's a couple mm. of shitty things. Not all the guards treated him nicely. Mm. No, I mean, yeah. <laughs> there was no, one in particular. There was one in particular. <laughs> but, like, you know, I, I didn't feel like, uh, you know, I guess from a, a lot of the reading and the podcast and the whatever that I've listened to and, and watched is like, I was like, this is not a very accurate depiction of how prisons were and mm. are, mm. Um, especially on death row. And I was, I was a bit like, that kind of bothered me. But I think you kind of just swayed me a little bit by saying that, oh, this is definitely from his perspective because, you know, like he wasn't experiencing what the prisoners were experiencing. He mm. was only really experiencing his own, you know, like, you know, he'd go home to his wife. He had a somewhat of a good life. So his view, his view of the prisoners and their lifestyles you know, was probably more comfortable than what they were actually experiencing. Well, yeah, the the, the memories, I suppose, are of his approach to yeah. the system and these inmates. And he definitely had like a he definitely had that like you know go lucky attitude about it. You know, like it was he had a very positive attitude about it. And he was pretty upbeat and uh, chipper for someone that was basically the caretaker of people on there mm. on, on death row. Yeah, you know, yeah. like yeah, you know, and and. It was that kind of took me aback a bit. I was a bit like, oh, I don't know. I've heard some and read some pretty awful things about what it's like to be in 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 prison slash in death row in the United States, especially in the thirties, forties. When was this set? This was the 30s. it was thirty five. I think it was thirty five. This is yeah, yeah. So like, it was like not depression a good era. place to be. Like you know, it wasn't. Yeah, the happy go lucky. But yeah, but I think yeah, I really think you changed mm. my mind about how I feel about it now because it was one man's opinion. Well, yeah, because you think about how much effort he put into getting the prisoners out of the building for them to practice and yeah. and all that sort of stuff. Like, yeah, it's it's a product of him more than anything else because you could easily have someone else in that job that just wouldn't give two tosses about absolutely about what he does in front of the prisoners or how he treats the prisoners yeah so no it was was, i think that's good Mm. i i I appreciate the i guess this is why we discuss it to change our (laughs) opinions of it you know because i was that it actually really bothered me because i was just like oh that's so you know there might have been a whole heap of bad stuff going on that he was experiencing that he's mm. chosen to forget about or whatever so it's painted this time of his life, yeah. In, and, and well, yeah, really and you don't time. you don't exactly know what he's admitted either from yes from the stories. Yeah. Omitted, omitted. Yeah, what did I say? Omitted. Yeah, it is Jeez a tune. what the hell. <laughs> it is a beautiful story for something that basically is quite grim. Yeah, um, it's shot beautifully. There's beautiful lighting. It's the sets are amazing. Mm. Everything about it is is, is beautiful. Top-notch. For yeah, for something that's realistically quite horrific. Mm. Um, but I, maybe that's what makes it work. I, I want to kind of talk about the. I can't. I think it's not the first execution scene. It's the it's the scene where that the asshole guard. Hang on, I've written it Percy. in my notes as Percy equals wanker. That was like, <laughs> oh, I wanted to remember everybody's names, and I wrote him as the wanker. So anyway, Percy. It's when he doesn't. <clears throat> wet the sponge. Mm. He's a sociopath. He's <clears throat> completely. Yeah. That scene is based on a real life execution that actually happened to a guy named uh, Jesse Tafero. And this was like, he got executed in, uh, I, I just had it up. I think it was like the 1990 he got executed where basically it was a wrongful conviction. He went to jail for uh, falsely accused for murdering a police officer. Uh, they didn't, do the whole sponge wedding, and that's pretty much what happened. It took him something like 15 minutes in the electric chair with 
flames coming out of his eyes and his head and everything until he finally died. Mm. And I think, like, I was just looking it up then. I'm like, oh, you know, the book was written in 96, I think it was. Mm. And I'm like, the similarities, because I, I listened to a few podcasts about it and it was his wife of the time was telling a story. And since his execution was proven innocent um, and it tells the story of this, you know, him strapped in the electric chair. It was like something like 15 or 16 minutes that he was strapped into it. And yeah, it was like, it's full on. So, you know, and I knew about that <clears throat> before um, watching this again. So coming into that scene, that was so much more brutal for me this time because I was just like, holy hell, like this scene like is, I don't know if it's directly based on it, yeah, but it's mm. it's loosely based on it. There was a, There's a lot of talk in the in the true crime podcast community where they're like, yeah, this scene is like, it's supposed to be that impactful because it's like that happened to a dude. Well, the other thing is that they were very conservative about what they showed in yeah. the film. Like, I know, I remember the book being extremely graphic yeah. about that. And it's like, man, if that's the movie, I, yeah. I haven't read the book. If that's how the movie is mm. about how they depict it, it's like, man, I can only imagine what the book said. Well, yeah, and and, and knowing that it was way worse than what you saw. Yeah, yeah. On and the that, film. how graphic that was is also in that other cue back to. Stephen King's other things like he it was it, as I said it was all beautiful and then there was that scene that yeah. was like that h- horrific and it was really graphic and really detailed and yeah. and I think that's really, really good because no, you know yeah. we're in Death Row this kind of goes back to what I was saying before about like there's this you're, you're almost like in this little la la land of like I'm on Death Row but I'm kind of having a good time here even as a prisoner this is not too bad and boom all of a sudden there's flame shooting out this guy's eyes and he's mm-hmm. screaming and like well, and you know it's just there's a story I listened to ages ago from another podcast called The Dollop, and it was basically Edison versus Tesla. Just a little, just a little podcast little called podcast, The Dollop. Yeah. 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 Not, not sure if you've heard of it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Bit of an yeah. underground. Edison, yeah. Yeah. Edison versus Tesla. Under these must be a couple of unknown guys. Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Not known. So, um, part of the the sort of like uh, so Edison was basically a complete moron. Oh, you're gonna tell the elephant story. And uh, the, but anyway, so and Tesla because he wasn't American was he, that was the whole thing. It's like you know he's not yeah. American. He doesn't know what he's doing. So part of the reason why how they they tried to squash Tesla and his idea of the alternate current versus yeah. the direct current was that it was far easier to kill someone with electricity with the AC current Ugh. than the DC current. Oh so God. Edison, you know, that's killing people, and and then obviously you know all the authorities went. Oh, maybe oh, we could use this. Yeah. And so the AC current got used as on the electric chair of the DC current. I mean, yeah, that, I mean that, that's very fascinating. Thank you for telling me that. The the really messed up part, uh, just going back to what I was talking about before about the real guy, this Jesse Tafaro guy that got executed. Uh, I think it was 1990. The judge that sentenced him to death had a model of the electric chair. Uh, that was called Old Sparky. Mm. I shit you not. He had a model of it on his um, uh, his what is it? Like what his is it? bench. His bench. I think that's where it's in the court. Is. Yeah, so it was in the court. It's, isn't it the bar? The bar. Uh-huh. I don't know. One of our mm. avid listeners will let us know mm. <laughs> uh, where the judge sits in the courtroom. He had a model of Old Sparky, the electric chair, and he apparently he was just like really happy to sentence people to death, Gosh. and a lot of innocent people as well. So yeah, you know they say like in movies, oh, can I approach the bench, Your Honor? Hmm. Ah, the bench has to be the bench. Sure. Movies, guys. Yeah. Movies, movies don't lie. Answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so. Movies don't lie. That's why we're here. <laughs> <laughs> movies never lie. So I f- so I, yeah. Anyway, I actually found like I definitely found that scene quite confronting. Mm. L- little little bit. 
just, yeah, just just a tad, just a little bit. I turned to my wife and said, "Maybe we should watch uh, like an IT crowd or something after this." <laughs> I had yeah. my I had my three year old son in the room. Oh, he was playing Lego true. in the other part of the room, and literally just as I was watching that, and I had my remote in my hand, and I saw him. He sort of just like s- sort of stood up and looked at the telly, and oh. I went, "Pause." Oh. <laughs> Yeah. No, that's not happening. He's like yeah. he didn't pause it on a spot with flames yeah. coming. Mm. <laughs> but like I found Gosh. the the first execution really full on as well because we had to have that one. That was like, you know, I'm like when when this film started and the chairs in it, I'm like, okay, we're gonna have to have, we're gonna see more than one of these mm. because it's got to build up to John Coffee at the end because John Coffee comes in early, but then he's not in it a lot. While we deal with like, yeah, Edward Sammy Delacroix, Rockwell and yeah. and and mm. everyone else, Mister Noodle and uh, so Mr. the first Mr. one, yeah, and all yeah, all the mouse stuff. He's so cute. So the first one is like you know it's all sort of by the book, and the fact they do it, and then they turn it off, and then the doctor comes in and checks him, mm. and he's like, nah, nah, yeah. and they got to go again, and I'm like, I'm. My understanding is that was fairly common. Like it just it, like I found that really like it's a horrible, really horrible way. Yeah. Like there's far better ways. Well, if you have to. I mean, has anyone here? i um, like you guys might might not would have worked with electricity too much, but back when doing home cinema installs, every now and then you cop a little zap, or something like that. Anyone? anyone I've been zap? <laughs> I've been blown across my kitchen. Uh, by a toaster. There you go. So you know all about and it. And I've also been standing in a puddle with a faulty vacuum cleaner when I used to work in a car wash. Oh, dear. Uh, standing in a puddle. And the my friend Jimmy, of course, <laughs> <who else? laughs> Jimmy. saw what was happening. And I was being mildly electrocuted at the time to the point where I couldn't move. Oh, and dude. he just basically came and crashed out with me out of the puddle. Oh, and hell. for like two weeks later, my jaw and my shoulders were like so sore. From just where I'd been tensing up that to that amount, and like I could hardly speak, my jaw was that sore. Yeah, yeah. it's it, it hurts. Sucks. It hurts, Dude, that's it hurts a lot. That's it's really awful. bad. <laughs> yeah. That's really bad. Yeah, it certainly explains a few things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a hell of a piece of the puzzle there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow, what a movie! It got a bit real so, then. Yeah, look, yep. it's it's it really did. Um, so Jules, you've look, obviously I can been it up. zapped a few times. I've been zapped a couple of times, not not too Sometimes many. Sometimes you um, know though, you can you're getting close to it and you can feel the tingle and you go. I mean the one. Don't do that, man. Yeah, I've had a couple of times. The the worst one was actually when I was working. Um, I'll be really quick here. Uh, I was no, working. No. I was actually working at the. Uh, I probably shouldn't say it, but the night noodle market, and we had we run these like multi core cables, and they send electricity down multiple lines, but they were short circuiting, so it was sending electricity back down one of the other lines into a male plug and because I was leaning on the ground I got 20 amps in my hand and um, for for those who don't know a standard outlet is 10 amps so 20 amps is twice as nasty wow. <laughs> and yeah it fucking hurt it really hurt so you gotta go get Jeez. checked out and so just say for example you <coughs> put a fork in an outlet you get hypothetically amps. speaking, you'll get ten amps. Yeah, <laughs> and you providing, got double providing that. you're earth, earthing yourself. Well, because no, so amps and voltage are a different thing. We don't need to get into all that technicality. Yeah. But basically, you have a million volts go through. I was going to say, if we got yeah, a yeah. if we got a podcasting a wider net for a hour, we would have got some kind of electricity <laughs> podcast. <laughs> Vol- volts don't kill you. Amps do. Amps do. Yeah. So like, the higher the amperage, the the deadlier. Whereas like, yeah, you could you could cop. Like a lot of electric fences around farms and things like that can be like ten thousand volts. If you touch it, it'll give you a nasty whack. Yeah, I hit a fence amperage. the other day. What was uh, <laughs> that? Uh, pull Apollo thirteen down to twelve amps. 
12 amps. You can't yeah. run a vacuum cleaner on 12 amps, John. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, you can, but... Not, yeah. not 960, Dep- 970... Depends on, the, depends on the voltage. Yeah. Well, 70 was 70. both. Anyway, we're getting... So, yeah, so getting getting zapped and being electrocuted, it would be just freaking awful. Like, it would just be awful. And, you know, for that guy that I was mentioning, um, Jesse Tafaro, you know, to be in the chair, I was just trying to look it up, but... That's really weird, though, that even by 1990, it wasn't... They couldn't have been able to do it quicker because we're talking in this movie, we're talking 1930s electricity. So plumbed-in electricity to your house through wires was still so not a common thing. I think the issue is that is that... Oh, you know, I'm going to get graphic here, but if they can't send the current through your brain and through your heart, like, so the current's going to find the, you know, what's it like electricity is always going to find the, the least path, path of, of least resistance. resistance to the ground. So, you know, if, if you've got electrodes on your shoulders and you've got one on your head, I don't know how they do the electric, electric chair, but if that one on the head's not working properly or for whatever reason, and the current's passing through your arm into your leg, it's not going through the vital organs that it's going to take. Well, to, isn't the point of it though, is why they put it on your head is that they try and kill your brain first. Yeah, I don't really know. I haven't looked into it that much. It's it's grim though. It's freaking. It's just grim. Like it's an awful, awful. awful well, thing. would that explain? Because they did say, whenever they turned it on, you could tell in the whole prison about how the lights mm. reacted. Because obviously they're pulling all the juice out of the yeah. network. And it would have been probably from then. It probably would have just been a generator or something powering it anyway. Mm. Not, yeah, that's what he not, said when you yeah. roll on one is like turning on the generator. Mm. But I mean, yeah, with Bitterbucks. What a job, though. Like, seriously, what a horrific job. Uh, yeah. But with Bitterbucks, you know, yeah, went to plan and stuff. But the thing that stressed me out was his breathing and stress mm. right beforehand. Mm-hmm. Like, he was this calm dude that had accepted his fate to a degree until right up till the end. And yeah, then the it was breathing. all got real. Yeah. yeah. And, and I found all the rehearsals really full on as well. Like, yeah. just the fact that they had to do this. Yeah. Especially because right they were using. A prisoner. No, well, he was, yeah, but he was like, okay, so I'll keep jumping back to uh, Shawshank. Mm. You know how it was, basically he was a prisoner that had like, he was the cleaner Mm. on, you know, so he was a special consideration or whatever. So he, yeah, like you, you know, Andy Dufresne would get like special consideration to work in the library or Mm. deliver the, the, the guy that was delivering the library cart. Kind yeah, of thing. but he was still on death row. Right? No, no, he, oh, he, he was just from row. the regular prison. Yeah, like he was I must pulled have out of him population. Him. Okay, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's okay. Well, do we mention it was a second appearance for Harry Dean Stanton? Harry Dean Stanton was the chain, the water chain guy from Alien. Yes, um, among among many many other parts mm-hmm. he's played. The water chain guy, like you mean the chain with he's the room with chains, the room with chains, dripping chains, gotta have them dripping at all times. Absolutely. Um, so just before, look, I'm happy to steer away from the really heavy stuff. But if you guys, if you want, if, and for our listeners, if you do want to watch a movie that is is very kind of follows this another true story uh, about innocence and people getting executed via the electric chair, and it is is actually really full on. It's called Just Mercy. It's got Jamie Foxx in it, and it's it's yeah, it's I've, amazing. It's on our list. It's freaking sensational. Um, it's it obviously doesn't have a. Like it's that's a recent film, yeah. It is. Re- it's fairly recent. It's, it's got uh, Michael B. Jordan in it. We were talking. Yeah, about. yeah, yeah. Yeah, not uh, 2019. I was gonna say 1990. Oh wow. But, uh, 2019, and it's 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 you know similar kind of deal, but it's dealing with a guy who who's innocent and and yeah, it's worth a watch. It's really it's really mm. good. So yeah. Right. Anyway, so is it <laughs> is it also full on before we move on? 
that they just park the tractor in the same room. Yeah, oh, it's like a shed. There's yeah. a great, there's a great yeah. shot that I saw today, which I, I didn't remember from the first one, where they pan back and just sort of start scanning across the room, and the tractor disappears, and yeah. then all of a sudden and the, the chairs, chairs and come people in. come in. Like, yeah. yeah, and they're just setting up chairs like they're setting up a conference. Well, it it you know? seems like, like it just gets used as a storage shed yeah. when someone's yeah. not being done because yeah, yeah. every time they go in there, there's well, just it, crap in it. Just funny because that was supposed to be a really impactful moment, like to kind of depict that. It's just like yeah, they just store crap in here when they're not using it. But I, the only thing that came to my head when I saw that is like Timmy's going to be a fan of that tractor. Oh, I love a good Ferguson, my friend. And you know what? Oh, no, no roll cage. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what, buddy? Get out there and plow stuff. That's it. There was another one where they go to, um, they go to his lawyers, uh, and he's he's that racist, he's that real racist lawyer. Hmm. And ironically enough, he's like the only racist in the movie. But which, I've, anyway, that's another that's another subject. But he. There's another tractor in the background on that property when they go to the lawyers. And I, again, I was just like, I bet Timmy's eyeballing that tractor in the background there. <laughs> like, so. What were you thinking about the kids swinging on that swing? Okay. Like, that was rickety as hell. You know, the oh, Gary yeah, Sinise's. Like timber yeah. kind of know. crummy. Looked like it was going to come down <laughs> seconds, that thing. Mm. Oh, I, used to, uh, I used to carry around a little can of WD-40 in my nappy bag. For the swings, and we go to the park. Any park we go to with a bloody squeaky swing, I'm just like, oh, yeah. I'm not, av- not having, not having this. Having this. <laughs> like, oh, dad! Oh, come on! <laughs> it's like it's it's like superhero stuff. I'm a dad. I'm a hero yeah, for the buddy. other fathers. As a father, <laughs> as a father, I can um, imagine like another dad and like maybe his daughter waiting, and you're just like, there you go, mate. It's, yeah, uh, there you go. No sort it out we, for you. Uh, it's nice and smooth for you, there, pal. <laughs> yeah, some dad gets to the park. He's like, oh, shoot, I forgot my WD40. It's like, it's all right, mate. I, got oh, I mean, sorted. I was gonna bring mine. It's just in my other bag. No. <laughs> Worries, mate. I got it for you. <laughs> <laughs> we are, have not mentioned also that William Sadler's in oh, I was uh, saving it. <laughs> yeah, <I can. laughs> um, also in Shawshank. Yep. Yep. Um, um, Frank Darabont. Yep. So, uh, yeah. Uh, he's been in quite a few of our films, though, hasn't he? Obviously not as just playing Death. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what else was he in? He oh, was he was in, in, he's in Die Hard 2. Die Hard we, oh, yeah. we didn't do Die Hard 2 because that's the one that doesn't I don't exist. think we need to do Die Hard 2. No, no, I don't think we need to. Um, yeah, obviously, yeah. he's been in heaps as well. Great yeah. character in Shawshank, though. Mm. Like a really sort of like lovable character mm. in Shawshank. Yeah, well, yeah. What do you think the budget was for Sam Rockwell's teeth? <laughs> Did notice <laughs> I that. I went, that. they're really awesome bad yeah. teeth. Like really well done bad teeth. So you know how I mentioned <laughs> Here we during go. our Here we go. Hitchhiker's episode about how just Sam Rockwell was irking me. And I yeah. think I mentioned this film. Uh, he does the same in this. Yeah. But I don't mind in this. He's mental. Yeah, right. like oh, he's it. mental as. Yeah. He's really good in this. He's he's really good and he grates on you mm-hmm. every time he's on screen. Yeah. The, um, the two bad guys, so to speak, are awesome in this. What's the uh, the what's Percy's Percy Whitmore and yeah, Wild Percy Bill. is just horrible. He's a horrible. And Sam Rockwell's character is just horrible as he well. They're plays really that good though. Well, like, it, yeah, absolutely. You genuinely guy. hate him. Exactly right. <laughs> I mean, the, yeah. the beauty of it though is that Sam Rockwell's playing like an out and out bad guy. Like we no, know, absolutely. we know he's yeah, a horrible the dude's person. Unhinged. And he's a criminal, and he's in—he's mm-hmm. on death row, and like he'd have the up. twirly moustache if it was in a. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's playing to that. He's playing up to that, mm. you know, handful label that he's given at the start. Whereas Percy Whitmore is, I think, as a result, far worse. Yeah, absolutely. In the context of of what we see in the film, I guess. Like, but he only does you know, like, like Percy's character only is like he's only that vindictive pe- thing to people that are. That can't defend themselves. Yeah. So when he, when Sam Rockwell's character comes in and 
and Tom Hanks is yelling at him to hit him over the head. He can't yeah. do anything, and, and yeah, then he pisses yeah. himself when Sam Rockwell grabs him, and so yeah. he can only be vindictive and nasty to people that with bu- are, with you know, bureaucratic unable power, to, yeah, basically. and unable uh, to defend themselves. Yeah, he's a, he's a real sociopath, though. Like, oh yeah, like you, you look at him, kind it's of funny person to grow up. Torturing yeah, small animals. Definitely, mm. yeah. And and like you look at him and you're like, he's he's the you know, I put in air quotes, the authority figure of the prison. You go, Sam Rockwell, yeah, he's a horrible person for what he's done. But the dude's got a he's definitely mentally unstable. And, he's a prisoner. and yeah, like that's it. And he's a prisoner, yeah. Mm-hmm. But then you it's go the expectation. The, person, mm. the expectation, yeah. You go, Oh, the real evil is in prison. It's like and I'm not saying that I'm not justifying what um Billy did. But it's like he's clearly got screws loose. Whereas the guard who comes across as the uh, Percy thing, uh, who comes across as he's supposed to be the one in charge, he's supposed to be the cool headed one. Mm. He is really, really evil. Inappropriate abuse of power. Oh, absolutely. But you're like, you're right. It's like he's pulling wings off a fly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. he's sitting there with a magnifying glass over Mm -hmm. something going, like, you know, enjoying every minute of it. And Tom Hanks picks it early when yeah. he's talking to the warden. He's like, oh, I think he's just here to watch someone cook. Yeah. And he's like, oh. One Ugh. thing I did actually notice, and I don't know if this is intentional. I don't know if anyone else picked up on it. It could have been just me because I was looking into it really hard. There's a couple of shots where, oh, how do you say it? Where you kind of get the true colors of these two characters. One of them is obviously John Coffey. Well, obviously, but one of them is John Coffey and the other one is Percy, right? And there's these cup, there's a couple of scenes where they've kind of just done, they've either done their, you know, John's either done his powers or, you know, he's showing true care for someone. And then there's a couple of times where Percy's showing true evil and their eyes, they've done some, they've put a light behind the camera because their eyes kind of have this shimmer that to ring them. Around. The ring, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know if you noticed it, but there was no. just a couple of scenes where it really stood out for both of them. And I was kind of like, I wonder if that was intentional because nobody, none of the other characters really have that. Like it's it's actually a really bad thing when, when you're filming, especially even at work. If you put a nasty light behind the camera and you get that reflection and nobody else had it in the movie except mm. for those two characters at these two Was it to give them the look times. of like the black dead eyes? Well, I, th- I think it was kind of the way I saw it was like there's a bit of um, divine intervention kind of stuff in this movie. Heaven, Maybe heaven and hell, it was there. Very, very heavenly, uh, yeah. heavily Christian themed. So I'm kind of like, like, you know, I, I kind of tried to put some logic to it as I do. And I'm like, maybe it's like... It, it was only a couple of times. It didn't happen all the time. But with John Coffey, when he has the you know that that glimmer in his eyes, I'm like, that's the angel within him. Mm. And then when we see it in Percy's eyes, that's the the demon or the devil in him. You know, like I just found it. I just found it really, um, yeah, it just kind of stood out stood out to me. I don't know. If you guys didn't notice? That. No, I didn't notice it. No, but yeah. I could see why they were doing it because they're obviously you know as far as characters go, you've got the the weak, frail, physical guy that yeah. is that is. I mean, he definitely Seems had like some he's evil super in powerful. Him. Oh, absolutely, and, yeah. and, and then you've got the 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 complete physically opposite of this absolute man mountain. That's like mm. the dude's arms are the size of me. Mm. Most gentle, but they're both and, but obviously he's, got he's this completely force gentle. Yeah, within him, you're like, I mean, John Coffey is definitely blessed somehow. Like you know, however mm. you choose to believe, and you know, like whether he had the power of the angels, and I was like, that is that why his eyes are doing that? Because it stood out in this first scene. It stood out really. Uh, like it really showed it to me, and I was like, I wonder if they did that intentionally. I'm sure they Bad had to no, do I'm sure that they intentionally. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then I and then later on, I didn't see it throughout the movie, but I kind of made that mental note. I'm like, Jules, 
watch. They do a lot of good things too. So there's a lot of great camera work on it where whenever Percy's on screen, the camera's always looking down on him. Oh, it is to it? make him look like this little guy, and when yeah, and when yeah. John Coffey's on screen, it's always it's looking, looking up. up to make him look bigger than he is. And yeah. but so you always look at it, and it's almost like every single shot of Percy is almost like that Puss in Boots shot from Shrek, you know, with the big eyes seeing oh, yeah. that yeah. looking up, like, down. Yeah. Yeah, he's looking up at the camera versus, and yeah. the camera's looking down at him you, um, you just to make him me, seem uh, like he's this little guy, this really sort of weak, frail, yeah, um, was, physically yeah. weak and frail guy. He was definitely framed like. Yeah, 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 every yeah. time. But that's the thing with this film is that there's some great camera work too that gives you those impressions. Like yeah. they've they've utilized that that medium really, really well. Yeah. To, I mean, to you just remind me, it takes me back to like year ten media class, like we were studying movies and stuff, and about the way control can be depicted as well using that camera shot. Like mm-hmm. someone who's in control, you know, can be looking Standing up at over them someone else for that with that power. Thing. And then uh, there's a couple of movies that do it really well where someone is informed of something. And then the camera kind of changes and pans up, and it just kind of looks down on him and makes him feel small. Like, I can't remember what it was. But well, it's personified in this as well by yeah. the fact that you very rarely see John Coffey's head. Mm. Like yeah, he's yeah. very often you pretty much framed. only see him from like <laughs> yeah. the nose down. Yeah, he's yeah. always <laughs> framed out so that to show that he doesn't have the power, he doesn't hold the frame. It's always the Tom Hanks yeah. perspective, yeah. and it's not it's not about him as okay. such. And when it is focusing on him, so. When you really get close-ups of him, and you get to see his full lit face, he's sitting down. Is just well, it's just after he's done his magic, mm-hmm. so he's actually holding the power in the yeah. mm-hmm. in the frame because he's just saved. And yeah, Tom a lot Hanks, of the shots are from behind him, sort of looking down from behind him and just above him, sort of over his shoulder at um, at Tom Hanks through the jail cell, yeah, and things like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With the yeah. exception of when he goes to the warden's house, like all that you see. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Camera's front and he's uh, almost an equal. Yeah, exactly. At that stage, he's an equal. Exactly. When yeah, and I actually think like we see the real John Coffey as soon as he gets outside and sees the stars. Like that's yeah a glimpse into who he like. He's just he's so a really really simple. Yeah, fella. but he's yeah. just he's not just, simple in a bad way. But yeah, like he doesn't need much. As in, like you know, he's not a complicated man. No, he just he just sees the beauty in the world, and that's all he needs, yeah. kind of thing. Do you mm. know what I, mean? like, I did yeah. think at some point with the connection of Gary Sinise that this felt like a magical version of of Mice and Men. Yeah, with uh, Lenny. Yep, it was like if Lenny had magical powers. That's tough. That that one. Oh, yes, yeah, we did that at school, Mice and Men. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. There was a there was a moment where I was like, oh, you know, John Coffey coming down. I'm like. I'm not a religious person, uh, but they were trying to get background on him, and they nobody could figure out where he'd come from. And that's what yeah, Tom Hanks was saying. How does yeah. a man that big just not just walk around no, unnoticed? Kind unnoticed. Of thing. Yeah. yeah, and I was kind of like, is this a second coming of Jesus kind of thing? Because obviously, it's mm. based in it's Louisiana, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think it's, it's supposed to be Georgia. Like the book was Georgia, Georgia. but the it was film's always yeah. Louisiana. Which is, I mean, all these areas are heavily religious. So I'm mm. like, yeah, maybe the this Bible is, Belt. Mm. The Bible Belt, yeah. So maybe this is supposed to be depicting the second coming of Jesus, you know, and he you know, ultimately become, you know, he's crucified at the end for other people's sins and things like yeah. that. And so I, I didn't look into it too much because oh, like you said that that's a, it's very, it's you said that's yeah, a heavily Christian heavy yeah. film, yeah. like very all about saints and yeah. Mm. <sighs> <Ow>. <laughs> We're all waiting for their arms, <laughs> there was a big, arms crossed. There was, a, there was yeah. arms looking crossed. at the no, ceiling. Look, I want a <laughs> big, a big inhale and oh, oh dear, oh dear. His body Brad. language, <laughs> body language could never be more obvious. Uh, so, so, so I want to talk about. I want to talk about a bit more towards the end. Yeah, when he takes the tumor out of 
uh, and chooses to hold on to it. And chooses to hold on to it. We yeah. don't know that's necessarily what he's doing straight away. I think, like, I think that's what he's doing. Well, well, that was what he was doing. Mm. That was clear. But I didn't pick that straight up. Yeah. I'm like, oh, I, he's yeah, he's, he's not thought, letting it out. I think they they portrayed as maybe that was too much. Well, that's him. that was my thought. Yeah. I'm like, okay, a tumor is you know because they say that at some point they're like, oh, it's not reviving a mouse. It's like yeah, this is big. This, this is the this big is, leagues. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then he gives it to Percy. And then I got. I was like, this seems like a messy is ending that because what it was? I well, couldn't understand it. He. My my understanding of that would have been that he gave the sickness, the tumor, to Percy, and Percy would have like dropped dead of his own fluish. Would he have though? Because remember that the wardens—I can't remember warden's wife's name. Doesn't matter. Rose. Right now, um, I do have it in front of me. Has a thought. Let's. Doesn't Brad, you find it. Tim, you keep going. <laughs> um, it does matter. Melinda. Melinda. Well done. Um, it's Melinda. <laughs> <laughs> Great work, Brad. <laughs> That's <laughs> why you're our historian. Um, <laughs> where was I going? That's right. Melinda was at a stage of her tumour where she was kind of going in and out of... Uh, yeah, good days, bad days. Yeah, like, but she was going in and out of a logical thought, I suppose. Like yeah. She was, she was getting to points where she was saying stuff that she didn't even know she was saying. So maybe that what they're trying to say is that if he did give the tumour to Percy... He's still in that stage where he's going to act irrationally. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It, it just didn't seem like it. Just yeah. seemed that whatever John Coffey did to him turned him into a vegetable. Yeah, and that yeah. was and that was that. And he went to the mental hospital. I'm like, I would like it. May, would have made more sense to me if he got the tumor and he he sort of took on the same appearance. Which he kind of did. I mean, does yeah, it say much just, about in the book? Like, oh, look, I can't, what it is? I can't no, remember, no. to be honest. I just don't but feel I, like we needed to have that delivery to the mental hospital. And I don't know. It just didn't sit I was a right bit, with one. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it, it, f- was, it, was like a, it was like a full circle of he was always going to go there for the money. Yeah. And he ended up going there. Yeah, like I get that. I suppose it was. I don't the know. Way it's because I, initially I thought he was killing him. I was like, "Holy crap!" Like, and I like I thought it was almost like going full circle in terms of, you know, what even though we're behind bars, we're not the only ones that deserve to be executed. Because uh, it's been a long time since I've seen this. I couldn't remember it, and then all of a sudden he's on the ground. Like I thought he was dead. I was like, "Oh man, he killed him." Yeah, which but, I kind of had trouble with as well. Because I didn't. The other thing you've got to think about is, like. John doing this, is this like, you think to yourself, okay, he's got these powers to heal. The fact that he's now using it. Yeah, I this, had trouble with that in as In this well. way, yeah. that diminishes that character a bit because yes. you think to yourself, like how, you know, Paul was saying earlier on that he, like before they took John to the, the warden's house, he was saying he can't imagine him killing these girls because of his nature yep. and his will, his willingness to help. Yeah. And so why would he then turn this on Percy? Yeah, he's a bad guy. We get that. Yeah. And this, I mean, this brings up the whole theme of, you know, capital punishment's a real thing. It's still yeah. very much alive in a lot of countries. Yeah. Whether or not you agree with it or not is one thing, but the fact is, you know, it is the power of someone to say you deserve this. Yeah, you deserve to die, and that's where I had the problem with it because, like, it's almost like it's a cop out for John to say, 
I'm not killing Wild Bill or Percy. They're doing that themselves. Yeah, I'm giving but them. But they're not. Yeah. You did that. It's John. a coercion. You yeah. Could say. yeah. John. No. John did that. Like yeah. that was that was seemed clear to me. Like. Yeah. And and just having the having that up against the setting of capital punishment, I'm like, I don't feel like that was the right. That didn't fit with his character, like you said. I'm like, him putting that into Percy, whatever, he, and then making him kill Wild Bill, mm. just didn't. It didn't work for me. If he'd given him the brain tumor, this is well, this is what I was thinking about. Like, if he'd given him the brain tumor. Like that's not great either, mm. but it's also letting the tumor do the work. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> question, well, yeah, question mark. Well, as opposed to basically telling Percy to kill Wild Bill, who was on death row, and did well. I mean, Wild Bill technically did he get off with that? Like he wasn't electrocuted. Did he have an easier death? Well, and the, I guess the other question is, what else did Wild Bill do? Oh, they said that, didn't they? He killed someone else. Mm. Yeah, well, he gets arrested because he killed a bunch of people in a shop during yeah, the and that's a, right. and a heist. Robbery, one so, of them yeah, was yeah. a pregnant woman. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, I know what you're saying. It's, it's a very it's good point. Yeah, it just didn't sit well with yeah. with us. And was, I've always thought that, like, it's been a real uneasiness of why is he now using this power for bad? For bad. Yeah, it's using which it is which is black and white. It's for bad. Like, it's not. It's not like like a lot of people would say, oh no, it's just the balance of he's evening things up. Well, you know, it's kind of one of those things as well. Like again, um, for those you know, some people agree with capital punishment, some people don't. But it's like the justified death that he could have experienced. I'm saying I agree with it, but almost getting shot and killed instantly was almost the easy way out for Bill. Yeah. You know, like, you, you almost want to see him, again, like, not that I agree with it, but you almost want to see him in movie form go through the the horrible death that the other prisoner had to go through. You know, you want that guy to suffer for a little bit. Again, in movie form, I don't agree with it. You almost, life, it's almost like while Bill was asking for the bullet the whole movie, really. Yeah, because that's the easy, quick way out. Because he was literally just prodding him and hoping maybe that they'd snap and just shoot him. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Just, so, just because this is always a fact that's worth sharing, uh, this is going to be some US statistics really quickly. <laughs> Look out. Yeah. Ooh. Is that they believe, so there's a, there's a group called the Innocence Project. Uh, they believe that 23 to 5% of people in American prisons are actually innocent. Uh, Absolutely. That includes. Um, Only that amount. That seems low, yeah. <laughs> well, like out of the, I think it's the 2.4 million people in prison in America, that's could be around, they reckon around 120,000. Innocent people, that includes death row prisoners. Yeah. And death row prisoners, uh, a lot of them are innocent as well. They get executed. So, anyway, just kind of wanted to put that out there mm-hmm. that it's pretty mm. fucked up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Totes. Totes my goats. Yeah. Mm. Uh, anyway, we are kicking on a bit. That is actually a fact. I looked at the time on the recorder and uh, <laughs> we are actually kicking it's on. Maybe it was three hours. I'll tell you what, Tim, halfway <laughs> through this film, I've gone, Jesus. I'm going to have to watch Sicario after this <laughs> just to calm down, lighten the mood, <laughs> just to lighten the mood a bit. Yeah. Just, just you, just you and you and your wife sitting there over a red wine watching yeah. Sicario. Oh. After ah, just oh. wind down with yeah. a cheese board. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, this is refreshing. <laughs> Someone told me the other day that I'm like in the third one. And I was just like, ooh, oh, jeez. <laughs> I don't know if it's true or not, but 
They said there was a third one coming. I out. haven't got past the people in the walls part of the first one. Ah, oh, dude, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's <laughs> totally <something> reasonable. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good place to stop. Yeah, <laughs> I literally, I've, I've watched it like twice. I've got to that bit and I've gone, no, in the mood, no, not in the mood for this. You've got to be ready. <laughs> yeah, so. no. Well, the fact that Jules has said that we're kicking on the holy words. We're in the <laughs> third act of the podcast. It's a good time to just shuffle in a bit of every film has a shared universe. Ooh. Oh, jeez. You're right. My, my voice broke then. It's, oh. a, it's a strain on the voice. You know, Welcome you to adulthood. voice actors like these. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, we're really putting... Now, Brad, how do you reckon this is going <laughs> to <laughs> tie into... Under the bus. Uh, no. No. This is a hard one. This, I... is a very, this is a hard one, I reckon. Um, Al's, oh, Al's hand is up. <laughs> I thought this was pretty straightforward. Really? Yeah, I was like, okay, William Sadler's in this. Easy. He is... Uh, in a, he's basically in limbo after the death of his daughters, and he's now t- he's he's basically like cursed, like <laughs> Ghost wow. Rider. Hang basically. on, hang on. So he's now cursed. he's death. How about you could also say maybe when he dies eventually of natural causes or whatever the case, maybe he takes over his death. <laughs> as yeah, well, that's well, what I'm no, saying. That's like, it. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, no, what well, you're saying is he's, he's well, maybe in damnation it, yeah. at the moment. Aren't you? Well, maybe that's it because he just suspected that the first person that he saw with his children was the the doer. That his punishment is now that he has to live as death for the rest of his life. Yeah. Well, it's not even punishment as such, but but perhaps he's so. Uh, I feel like he's focused, he never able to accept with, the death of yeah, his daughters. Yeah, he's so focused with anger and and rage over the death of his daughters that he decides or he gets the opportunity to become the shepherd of death, to, to, to assist people through to the afterlife. This is irrefutable stuff. So maybe, yeah, yeah maybe like as on his deathbed, in his last breath, death shows up and death's like, you know... You can assist in choosing who dies and who lives, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And he's like, he's like, you know what? My daughters were murdered. I'm going to do the You're right thing. You're pantomiming it a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but he's like, I'm going to do the right thing. <laughs> he's like, I'll do the right <laughs> thing. I'll make sure no he's innocent person. He's behind you. <laughs> I'll be like, no innocent. He, he, yeah, he's on his deathbed, and he's like, his choice is to become a reaper and try to prevent innocent people from dying. But over the years and years and years and years, he's given up playing the games, like battleships. You know and what, like, and he's just like, I'll just take anyone that dies. Look, I like the angle. The issue I have with it is that it really... That it's irrefutable? No. (laughs) Is that we're going from such a pretty dark scenario to him being a real kind of satire of himself in Bill and Ted. Playing Twister and Battleship. 70 years later on, you know. Yeah, you know. Yeah, like he's, 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 he's spent a long time reaping. Yeah. From the mid thirties to the point where his southern drawl has just sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes you just got to laugh about this stuff. Jeez. You know? like, <laughs> well, I was talking to a couple of I was talking to a couple of police officers the other night, and like you know, they're, I was talking about um, kind of some morbid stuff, and they're like, like they basically said, "Look, you've got to use humor to get through this." Oh yeah. Like sometimes you've just got to use the humor to get past the grim, because if you just are grim all the time. You won't survive. It, so you've it, got it, to it, apply the yeah. humor to it. So that's yeah, what he's like. He's it. been reaping for so long. He's just starting to add a bit of satire, a bit of humor in there. It's, and a, mm. it's someone from the village. I mean, it's that, or Timmy's got a better scenario. I don't. It's speaking of <laughs> speaking of humor in death, if you're interested, there's a there's a YouTube channel called Ask a Mortician. Oh yeah, and awesome. um, fantastic. She is 
so witty and hilarious that she just makes all sorts of, and she answers all your questions about death. I'm writing that down right yeah, now. Yeah, ask a mortician, get onto it. It's a really great YouTube channel. One of the very early uh, Do Go On episodes is on what happens to you after you yeah, die. Yeah, that was a... And it's a really, really good It is one. a good episode, that. Including you can have your ashes shot into space. Hmm. Sweet. Uh, what, legitimately? Yeah. Well, yeah. and all the laws around really like what you can and can't do. Particularly, and they, they mention what you can and can't do in Australia and stuff. Yeah. And yeah. I, remember, really I remember there was a big, uh, I think it was an Australian, there was a big hoo-ha, we'll call it a hoo-ha, mm. about a guy when he died, he wanted to have his skin, uh, he wanted to have a book bound with his skin. Mm-hmm. Um, but the court overruled and said it no. I don't think uh, you can do that in Australia. It, yeah, because they basically said the bodies can be used for scientific purposes only if not yeah. cremated or buried. In Whereas in yeah. Japan, it's you can be skinned and you're, you know. Really? Well, yeah, the Yakuza bosses well, they uh, skin them and hang them on the wall. After they do their drift races, from, right? Yeah, yeah, from, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like tattoo designs and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. the Yakuza are heavily cool. tattooed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, They become art pieces. Wow. It's why there was a collection that came here. It was at the Victoria Museum, I think, a couple of years ago. Yeah. And they were the Yakuza skins. Oh, like shit. The actual, it's why yeah. I couldn't go to a public onsen in Japan. A what, sorry? Tattoos. Yeah. A public what's that? Onsen. It's like a it's like a um, hot spring. Really? Yeah. Now, because like of because of your tattoos or tattoos in general? Tattoos in general. Yeah. Wow. See, that just. I mean, let's get, think back to <laughs> Tokyo Drift for a second. <laughs> there's like the guy. He's like, hey, there's a guy in there with a paw, <laughs> and he goes into. Uh, now I don't know if it's the same thing, but he goes into the spa, oh, and the yeah. guy's got the big claw tattoo on his yeah, shoulder. Yeah, that's an onsen. Yeah. So he wouldn't be allowed in there with that tattoo. Well, I mean, that could be an underground type setup. You know, I don't know, man. Are you saying I'm sure that you're quoting a Fast and the Furious <laughs> you're saying that being this right. flawless, perfect film was wrong in some kind of way? <laughs> no, I'm just saying that there's probably hot springs that are for the yeah the underground, the Japanese the underground. Yeah. Wow, I did not. I did not. It's know. not like they're just going to all be like, all right, I guess we won't go into onsens. How about mm-hmm. that? That's not how it works. Far out. Oh, yeah, yeah great, great stuff. Unbelievable. Ruttings. Man, the stuff you're learning. My choice. You're up first. So I'm up first. I would very oh, comfortably. Yeah, I'd very comfortably give this a 180. percent Wow. Um, I would. I, I've shy of 200 mainly for a couple of reasons. The first one would be, I wasn't. I didn't quite like. After we'd come back into the present day, Paul just kind of explaining everything. Um. Like, I'm this old and when John gave me this, it's because of this and, you know, oh, that's why I'm so old and blah, blah, blah. Kind of felt I, a bit lazy, I just, Yeah, well, I just kind of wish they just... Because I felt that that was almost, to a degree, self-explanatory. I'm help, I'm, I was happy for him to talk about how old he was, but I don't know, like, I felt like he just went into too much and I got a couple of eye rolls going on yeah. and I was just like, eh, Do you reckon I didn't feel like we needed that. One of those moments written for the dumb audience. Well, so yeah, I know, like, Life of Pi. It always comes to my Ugh. mind with this oh, sort of stuff. Yeah, Because I know Al was really shitty about that. Two choices. It's like, what? So you had to do this? Yeah, like, was it real or was it not? It's like, you know, we could just... That's the point. We could just uh, leave us with that <laughs> yeah. without telling yeah. it to us. And the I ult- wish they kind of did that with The this. ultimate one is is The Dark Knight Rises. What? The clean yeah. slate? The thing that does this and this yeah, and this yeah. and this? It's like, dude, she already knows what it is. She's like, there to steal it. It's like get, purely for yeah, us. Yeah, get the EMP ready. Electromagnetic. <laughs> that's yeah, what it is. Yeah. Just because you didn't know. Yeah. It knocks out. It's like we all know what it is now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> look, we um, and we look we, sorry to cut back in, we didn't even talk about all that back end and his like extended just, life and uh, I just felt that that was just too much. Yeah. I really wish we didn't have that. And I don't did, know. Like Well, see, I was like, 
why didn't Mel- like why isn't he hanging out with Melinda? Surely Melinda. Oh, the, the, the wife. Yeah. wife. So I think. Th- so what what they explain in the film is that because John had to give himself a bit to Paul for him to see the Wild Bill stuff. Oh, yeah, he gave he had him to give the him. Vision. He gave him some of his powers. Right. Yeah. Jen yep. is his wife. No, 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 Jen. Melissa. Oh, no, no, Melinda was the Melinda wife the of the warden. warden. Yeah, got the but the Jan is uh, Tom Hanks' wife. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, correct. But yeah. I was talking about Melinda anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so that's the that's the theory as to why he's so old and why everyone else has passed before him. And the yeah, and Mister Mister Jangles similarly got a bit when Delacroix was getting electrocuted. Yep, oh, yeah. he had a lot of his energy. He felt a lot of that as well, and thus why he's lived on. And that, yeah, as opposed to, like, it wasn't just because, oh, yeah, he he got rid of Paul's. Yeah, so it was at the moment. Is it was in that moment that the mouse got it, not when he brought the mouse back to life. Correct. It's yeah. not a healing moment. Correct. Okay. Yeah. All it's right. almost like All a right. glitch. Anyway, I still didn't like that. Bit. That's the general idea, but I didn't like it either, yeah. and that's why I've I've knocked it back a few. But I still adore yeah. this movie. They so. may as well. They could have just dropped the back end sequence to Saving Private Ryan where he's like, did I live a good life? Mm. Oh, yeah. And just put that in and then let's... And that w- they, they wrapped that up really quickly. Like it was a nice, simple... Yeah. Did I do this, of course? You know. Even better to create a, like a wild discussion point is like, you know, camera fades out on a calendar from like 2022 or something. Like, you know, like it's it shows it and then you're kind of like, what? why did it show a calendar? And you're like, that's 2022. Mm. Movie's set in the 30s. Mm. He's only like seventy. Look, I still years think that like they the- they had to go to the hut to see Mister Jangles because there was you had to kind of tie up that loose end of why he was going for these long walks and that sort of thing. I felt like that was needed. Yeah, and that would that made sense. But I felt that there was a lot of fluff in between that and when they came back. Yeah, yeah I know we're in the middle of ratings, but the, the, <laughs> thing, that, the thing that kind of confused like me this about is a that, new trend for us. Like this could just all be a story because. What a mouse comes out and she's like, "Oh my god, Mister Bojangles!" Like she's known him for like fifty years, but it's <laughs> like, Mister. Oh, what? <laughs> the mouse. Did you just did call the mouse Mister Bojangles? I mean, that is not name? it. Oh my god. <laughs> anyway, anyway, but it's like that could be any mouse. Like, Shaming him. I mean, it was an old-looking mouse. It was an old-looking mouse, but mouse get old. You know, like there is really no proof to his story at all, other than the fact that he lived because nah, he did the trick. The it trick with the wheel. Like, anyway. But you might as well just said it was all time. a dream. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, so. yeah. Yeah. Anyway, well, anyway. You right, go next, so, Jules. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, uh, look, look. no, I also rate this movie pretty high. Uh, oh, I go as high as you. I think I'd get, probably give it 110%. It's, I think it's a, a very well done film and very much enjoyed it, et cetera, et cetera. And, but funnily enough, it's only the second time I've seen it. Yeah, right. Yeah. I've watched it. But it's still very lot. good. Yeah. Yeah, look, um, look, I'm pretty high. I'll, I'll sit around. I don't oh, what have you been I'll... smoking? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I, I had to. No, look, I'll sit at, I'll sit at like ninety. I think, like this, this film was not quite the popular rollick that I was expecting it to be. The gentle drama film that I was expecting it to be it had a bit more in it. Uh, it definitely made me feel things. Mm. Uh, <laughs> So yeah, ninety percent for me, cool and that's a, and that's a good yeah. I'll, that's why I watch movies. Like yeah. I like feeling things. You know, I can do it in my real life as well. But mm. you know, I like feeling things. <laughs> Great stuff. I'm gonna put that on my tombstone. <laughs> old field. He lies our old field. Light feeling uh, things. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds kind of dodgy when you say it like that. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just grab that all together, shall Ooh. we? <laughs>
Hey, Brad, what do you think? <laughs> Please talk now. Okay. Uh, I'm going to give it uh, 120. It's a oh. it's a genuine classic film. Just funny. I All thought your score was going to be heaps lower. No, no, no. Yeah, and absolutely. if if I can put out a recommendation, the book's really easy to read. Give it a read. It's yeah. really good. Mm. I would highly recommend uh, I'm it. in the middle of reading a book right Apologies, now. Apologies, oh. yeah. <laughs> Look, now that, you're, now that you're in the book readers' yeah. club, Al. <laughs> uh, here's my wing. Hop under. <laughs> Yeah, all the books I read are technical. <laughs> um, the ones I read have pictures. I mean, look, I've only, out of Stephen King stuff, has been this in The Shining, so I don't know a whole lot of his yeah. work. There's a lot of stuff, though, that you've probably seen that you didn't realise was a Stephen King book. Yeah, I didn't realise Shutter Island was Stephen King. Man. Yeah, or, 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 um, was the, the, the guy has written a lot of books. Stand By Me. Stand By Me? Like, I had no idea that was Stephen King. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I thought, like you said earlier, I thought it was I really want to read me. The Mist. I've heard that's really good, but oh, it's yeah. big, I think. Also and Frank the, Darabont. And The Stand is apparently really good, but it's like 900 pages. Didn't The Mist, didn't they turn that into a series recently? Wasn't I think that? so, yeah. yeah. It was a film that Frank Darabont did. Okay. It was the one he did after this. This guy. So who is choosing our next film? I think we're doing a listener. Yeah, I've got a cracking listener request. Oh. Cracking. I don't like that. I don't like when you get that grin and you're like, mostly because it's from my in laws. Oh, which is really now you got me. Yeah, which is now now I'm really interested. A hook turn uh, because they (laughs) Melbourne joke. I've never heard this show. uh, Never will. But the other day they were like, oh, they they brought it up. They're like, oh, have you seen this? And I'm like, no, I haven't actually. But is that a suggestion? And they're like, what, what are you talking about? I'm like, oh, I got this podcast. <laughs> anyway. I thought we weren't accepting oral suggestions. <laughs> ah. Well, I couldn't refuse it from from basically my father-in-law. Yeah. Got to keep the in-laws happy. enough for you couldn't refuse. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so we're going to go, we're going to jump in the booth and go back to 1949. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Officially our oldest film. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because well, Strange Love was like 62, no, 67. 67? Not sure. 67. Cool. It's okay. An episode just for us. Well, now I'm interested because it's, okay, you're right. 49. Yeah, I've, I've, yeah, look, I hadn't seen it, uh, but I, you know. Has heard. it got Humphrey Bogart in it? <laughs> no, I wish We it don't did. get that on plane, Elsa. One of us is going to have to go. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's a great movie. It's a great freaking movie. I haven't seen uh, it. We're going to do The Third Man. Ah. Uh. So, yes. have you seen that? I haven't no, seen no, it. No, no. I did it at school. I think it was year you 10. Did school? Yeah, wow. yeah. Far out. Oh. Yeah. So, you'll be... I can't remember uh, why and what... It was part of English and I can't remember what the point of doing that was, but we... Yeah, I'll have to recap. Cool. Cause schools, like, they, they love to do... was a long time ago. They love to do old movies because they, like, utilised just smaller details more, I think. I don't think I've seen this film since then. Yeah. But from memory, there's something about this film. Yeah. And I think this is, like, this is regarded... This is a big film for a lot of people. We I almost think. need some like oldie tr- trumpet type music playing in the background Maybe. while we chat about this. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. We'll have to re- piano. I'll recap. <laughs> <laughs> That's I, th- I think I think this was a really really popular film at the time. That sounds more so, like yeah. that's is more this twenties like um, and Orson Welles. Yeah, yeah, Orson Welles. <laughs> second Orson Welles appearance. Uh-huh. We get to that next time though. Is it? Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Timmy. Oh, I thought I was in. Did you feel like you're in a bit of a jazz? I thought I was in Casablanca, waiting for my papers. You have to do the intro in ye old time. Oh no! Oh yes, read a voice. Okay, welcome Uh, back. (laughs) Excellent. So yeah, third man, listener request. Fantastic. Next episode. (laughs) Fantastic. Um, We miss. We miss doing it. The return of the third man. We miss doing it, but um, if you want to get in touch with us... Um, all the socials. Yeah, all the socials. Look for us on Facebook. I hate the term wherever you get your podcasts, but... 
but it's that. accurate. <laughs> um, yeah, and um, yeah, send us a, as you know, we're doing a listener episode uh, next time, so definitely do that because it takes the pressure off. So mm-hmm. anyway, thank you guys. Mm-hmm. Great episode. We'll see you guys next episode for the third man, BX Interiors, and Pod on Dudes. Yeah. <laughs>